Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries in Smyrna, Delaware, and we are going to be bringing you weekly sermons and our midweek services, as well as podcasts and interviews that we think are going to empower and enrich your life. When you're done listening, feel free to share with someone else, because you never know what impact the word may make. Be blessed. share this little word with you here that I have. Man, I appreciate all the messengers this month, all the different speakers and the warriors that came and ministered to us and shared their hearts with us and poured into us. It was such a blessing to have these different gifts of the kingdom come through here. Amen. We appreciate all of them that were able to travel, people travel to, to come and to minister to us in our consecration. Amen. And many of them took reductions in their regular honorariums and didn't get their full pay that they normally would get, and they just made sacrifices. Because the truth of the matter is, church, we're not at our full strength, and we don't have the resources that we used to have, but we, we, we have a desire and a passion for God. And when you have that passion, people make concessions for you. Amen? That's a word right there. When you have passion, people make concessions for you. Amen? People make concessions for you. And I appreciate those who did for us, and we thank God. I pray that God will reward them and increase all that they're doing in their lives for the impartation and the prayers and the word that they gave to us. Amen. We thank God. Uh, Pastor Sybil's off on a women's retreat, preaching and teaching somewhere else in the kingdom. Amen. She'll be back sometime today. Amen. I thank God um, during this time. Appreciate my partner. I appreciate my wife so much. Today I want to share with you just a, a word that we've heard many times before in Mark 5th chapter, 25th verse we'll start off with. And I think it's uh, very uh, I think it's a good time in our spiritual aptitude to receive this word on today. And I hope that you receive it in the spirit and at the dimension that it's going to be released unto your life. Um, I think it's important that we as believers understand something. Sometimes in faith, we think that um, our efforts and when we try to do something or believing for something, that when it doesn't happen, when we think it should happen. Um, we many times will put it in the category that God failed us and or that we failed God, but that's not necessarily the truth. Amen. We must understand that um, the Bible says we must press toward the mark. That means there's constantly obstacles and challenges going on in your life, and you must continue to persevere and to endure to the, the Bible says endure to the end. I mean, that's a powerful word all by itself. You have to what? Endure to the end. I mean, we got four more days of consecration and we're, we're going to endure to the end because I'm not going to discount all the sacrifice I made up to this point. Amen. Amen. The, the, the thing about bless God. Okay. The thing about being doing something great is that you can't let yourself off the hook. It's, many of us have had opportunities to do great things we just gave ourselves a break. If you, if you would keep the same pressure on yourself and the same level of expectation on yourself as you do other people, you'll find, because we always, I mean, I don't know about, I've been guilty of it. I can always find an excuse to get off of a responsibility or, 
or something. If I said, well, this is my, this is my I'm going to do this on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm going to do uh, 15 push-ups, then 30, then 45, and I'm going to go run two miles, and I'm going to do this, this, and the other. And then life kicks in to your schedule. It's not that you can't do it, but now it's more inconvenient to do. And sometimes we'll go, I'll make it up next week. We always let ourselves off when difficulties or obstacles get in our life. If you could ever train yourself not to release yourself, you could finally meet yourself. Lord, have me. I don't know if I can say that again. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that again. But the true us is on the other side of our excuse. If we could get rid of our excuses, we could introduce ourselves to ourselves and find that greatness that's in us, but we're always letting ourselves off the hook. I always do it later. Procrastination always kicks in. Amen. Always. But if you just say, no, we're going to do this right now. We're we going to keep our word to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I might not lie so much to people, but I sure enough lie to myself. Amen. I lie to myself. I, 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 don't, I, I, I stand by myself with this. I lie to myself all the time. You know what? I'm not going to eat no more sweets. I'm done with this. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to start, I'm going to get up at 5, at 4 o'clock in the morning, start praying and start studying for an hour, and then I get up at 6. Or I get up at 5 and look at the clock and turn over and say, I'll do it tomorrow. Come on, church. Come on, church. We lie to ourselves. Why doesn't lying to ourselves carry the same weight as someone else lying to us? Because, you know, we're done with folks when they lie to us. There's a lot of stuff I can handle, but I can't handle no liar. Oh, we get righteous about that thing. Don't we get righteous about it? We get righteous about that thing. I can't handle no liar. I'm done with you. God bless you. But what about you when you lie to you? So, first message for the day is stop lying to yourself. Keep your own word. Huh? Keep your own word. Amen? When you say you're going to do something, keep your word. And why is it so easy to lie to yourself because nobody else heard you say it? So there's nobody there to keep you accountable to your own word. Amen, somebody? And when you're really struggling with something, you really want to do it, tell somebody to hold you accountable. But you know when you're not going to keep a word, you won't tell nobody. You just, you just console yourself for the moment. Yeah, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You feel good for that moment. And then soon payday come around, <laughs> you right back down to that store buying that stuff you ain't got no business buying. Bless his holy name. I'm glad y'all got your praise in because I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you this morning. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Woo-wee. All right, look at your neighbor and say, stop lying. To yourself. Mark 5, let's go, 25th verse. There's greatness in you. Say that with me. There's greatness in me. Mm -hmm. There's greatness in you. That's what, that's what this time of consecrating fasting is doing. It's not so much re revealing you revelation of the world and, and events and other people's business. This time of consecrating fasting is a revelation of you. You learned a lot about yourself this month. There's a lot been brought up to the surface. Amen. Some of y'all have had to deal with some stuff you thought you, you don't forgot about that was suppressed in your soul. Amen. Things that Amen. But God will bring that stuff up during consecration. He'll bring that stuff up because it's, it's cankering. It's, it's, it's infecting your system. And he doesn't want you to continue to live with it. Amen. So he'll bring ugly stuff up during times of consecration. And you have to 
and you have to, he wants you to deal with them. Amen. He wants you to deal with you so that you can be all that he wants you to be. The Bible says here, and it's a familiar story, in a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse the more she tried, the worse she got. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee. In other words, master, there's a whole lot of people touching you. And sayest thou, who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that he had done, her that done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. I want to preach this morning for a couple of moments on whole faith. Whole faith, H, I mean, W-H-O-L-E, whole faith. In this story, we look at a woman who, this is not the typical um, narrative that we would like to write about our own experience. This woman had an issue of blood. She was losing blood represents her life. She was losing her life for 12 years. Her life was running from her, out of her body for 12 years years, not 12 months, not 12 days, 12 years, constantly, no relief, day after day, bleeding. Not only is she weak and anemic on a daily basis, but she has a stench to her. She has, she's not allowed to be amongst the congregation. She can't be even in the town because of her, uh, of her disease, because it is in that time, the Jewish people, they, the women, when they took on their menstrual, they had to be shut away. They could not, amen, communicate with others during that time of their cycle. Amen. This woman was continually bleeding beyond the four or five days that's a normal cycle. She was continually for 12 years. The Bible says it's not that she wasn't trying to get well. And that's what I want to share with you this morning, amen, that there's people in this room right now that are suffering. There's people who have issues, like this woman had issues. And it's not that she did not want to be whole. It's not that she didn't want to stop having a stench about her or being isolated from everybody else. She exhausted all of her means trying to find a solution to her problem. I just believe that there's many in the sound of my voice right now that have challenges. You have issues in your life. And it's not that you want to be addicted. It's not that you want to have this struggle. It's not 
not that you want to have this, this problem in your life, but you, you, you seemingly, amen, have tried all that you could do. You've, 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 you've tried your best to heal yourself. You, you've reached out to as many counselors and therapists, and you've done so many step programs. You've done this, that, or the other. You've had all of the conversations. You've been on so many couches, and it seems as though you still keep falling under this same issue. The Bible says she went to many physicians and had spent all that she had. She exhausted her resources. Isn't it, issue, isn't it true, y'all, that when you have an issue, it drains you? from your resources. If you have a habit, amen, as soon as you get paid, amen, on Friday, on Monday, you're borrowing $5 for lunch because your issue drains everything out of you. It drains all your resources. It drains, it puts struggle on your family because it, it does issues with relationships. It's your issue. You're a nice person. You're a wonderful personality. But it's the issue that's breaking, amen, situations in your life. It's your issue that's causing you to break up with family members. It's your issue while you're on your second and third marriage. It's your issue, amen. You're a good person, but you have this issue that keeps on separating Separating you from the things that are for you. She's sitting here and says, and she spent all she had and was nothing better. She tried everything. She made every effort. And I come to encourage you this morning. It's not that you, it's not that you have not tried to get better. Amen. But the more you seem like you try, the worse you get. The more you try to improve yourself, you take two steps and you get knocked back three. Is there a witness in the house? Amen. God wants to tell you this morning that this woman, amen, is an example of many of us that are in the world right now. The scripture says that the difference, the thing that shifted. Now here's the thing about when you have issues. You're more open to hear, amen, things. Amen. One day she was this, amen, people were talking about Jesus and she understood she wasn't cynical because when you have an issue, amen, you have a greater capacity to hear, amen, different solutions. You, and when you're desperate, you'll try almost anything. Come on, church. When you're tired of being sick and tired of being tired, amen, it seems like you, you can become gullible to any opportunity that maybe this will work. And one day she heard that Jesus Jesus was coming through. The Bible says in her weakness, in her anemic state, that she still came in the press behind. First of all, she had no business in the street with everybody else. Second of all, amen, the energy she had to exert to try to keep up with the crowd that was pursuing Jesus was un, un, unheard of. It's interesting when you want to be delivered. It's amazing the strength that you can pull from when you have a desire to live. Tap your neighbor's hand. I have a desire to live. The Bible lets us know that he came into the press behind. And not only did she keep up with the crowd, she pressed through the crowd. In this season of your life, you can't just be keeping up with the crowd. You're going to have to leave some people to get free. You're going to have to break through the crowd to get what you need. You can't be sitting here waiting for somebody to help you. You're going to have to help yourself. Come on, church. Look at your neighbor to help yourself in this season. She pressed through the crowd. She wasn't just walking with them. She's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She wasn't waiting for them to move. She was moving them because she wanted to be whole. What are you willing to move in your life to be whole? 
well, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to pray about it. And if it's the Lord will, you know, I'm going to be healed. If it's the Lord will, I'll get the house. If it's the Lord's will, uh, 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 this, my relationship will make it. If it's the Lord's will, let me tell you something. You got to move. You got to pursue your deliverance. You, you got to go after it. Amen. You got to get up and go get it. She heard about Jesus and she moved. I'm talking about whole faith. I'm talking about faith that will make you move. She's, she, she was pleading. Her, her dress was stained from the back. The smell was coming over. She got past the embarrassment of her issue. It's amazing how much pride we can have when we're strung out. It's amazing how much pride a person can have when they're bound and entangled in demonic stronghold. It's amazing how proud we can be when we have an issue, but we think nobody can see it. She said, I'm, I really don't care what y'all think about me right now. I'm at, I, I want to get whole. You got to get past the pride. Look at your neighbor and say, get past the pride. Get past the pride. The Bible says that she pressed behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. My God, what faith that is. First of all, I had, to, I had to unpack this thing. I was like, Corey, how could she say such a bold statement? Where did she reference that if she could touch the hem of his garment, glory, that if she could touch his clothes, that she would be made whole? Why would she know that? Why would she know? And I came to understand that this woman knew the Torah. She knew the word of God. She understood that the anointing that came on Aaron's, on, on Aaron's head and ran down and, and rested in the skirt of his garment. Amen. The anointing came down. She knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she knew that the power of God was in the part of the hem. She said, if I can just touch that part of that anointing, I can be made whole. My God. It wasn't that she didn't know the word of God. I'm trying to help somebody. It wasn't that she didn't grow up in church. It's amazing how you can be in church and grow up in church and still have issues. Mm -hmm. She knew the word. She knew the Torah. She knew, amen, God's power. But she was still struggling for 12 years. She took that opportunity. Come on, somebody say, opportunity's coming, opportunity's coming. Yeah, 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 opportunity's coming. You got to understand in this season, while we're fasting and praying, God says opportunity's going to come. And because, check this out, you have to understand that it is easy to focus on the disappointments of your efforts and not try again. She tried for 12 years and got no results. Look, church, the Bible says she didn't even get better. It'd been one thing if she got a little better, but she didn't even get better. She got worse in her act. The more she tried, the worse she got. And now she sees Jesus. She hears about Jesus, and she puts all hands on deck, amen, like it's her first time. Who am I preaching to in here? Many of you have not moved any farther than your last disappointment because you don't want to be disappointed again. And God said, you got to get past that because your promise is past disappointment. She didn't pay her last disappointment no mind. She got right on up and started dragging her body down that street until she got close enough to touch him one more time. Tap your neighbor and say, what you got to lose? The Bible says that he touched 
the garment, and for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. The Bible says straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. I mean right away. Whole. Now, God began to minister to me about this word whole. He said whole is not the same as heal. Lord, have mercy. I said, you got to talk to me, Jesus. What's that? I just thought it was all the same. No, no, son, it's not the same. See, whole, healed, you can be physically healed, but not whole. Because when you've gone through what she's gone through, there is some emotional damage going on. There's some soul scarring. There's some, there's some things that happen to your soul. Have you ever, amen, you know, been poor in your life and you worked hard and you've gotten yourself to a better place in your life? You're living better than your family, amen, but you, and you, you're not struggling like you did when you were young, but yet you still have the memory of your poverty and certain, people can, certain things can happen in your life and it can trigger you all the way back to your poverty days because even though you're financially sound, you're not whole. Because you're still afraid of living that poverty again. Y'all ain't hear me up here. Amen. So just because you are financially astute now and you got plenty of money in the bank, amen, if your soul doesn't get healed, then you will always have the torment of your experience in the back when you are broke. And so God says, I just don't want to put money in your bank. I just don't want to heal your body. I just don't want to give you the relationship you've been praying for. I want to make sure you're whole with it. Because the enemy is going to use your trauma to cause you to abort the promise if you are not whole. So even though you love that person, your trauma of your past relationship is going to cause you to sabotage what you love because you ain't whole. It's not that he lied to you. It's not that he cheated on you. It's because you weren't whole when you entered into the relationship. So healing is not enough. Somebody say healing is not enough. said, woman, your faith has made you whole. What can we unpack here? What, what it is is that for 12 years, she thought someone else's efforts was going to fix her. When all along, what she already had in her could fix what's wrong with her. I went to all these physicians. I went to all of these people trying to figure out a way to stop this blood. And nobody outside of me could fix what's going on inside of me. Come on, church. It took me to run into Jesus to finally get whole on the inside of me. My request from the inside of me healed me. God says, some of you, some of us are sitting on the side of the bed saying, I wish somebody would help me. I wish somebody would pray for me. I wish somebody would look out for me. I wish somebody would extend their hand to me. And you're always looking for your healing and your deliverance from somebody out. And God told me to tell you, you got whole faith right inside of you right now. You got the word of God in you right now. You can speak those things which are not as though they were. Come on, church. You can open up your mouth and speak life to your situation. And you can stop the bleeding right away if you can recognize how powerful your faith is. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. I ain't never going to get healed of this. I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. I ain't never going to get out of this debt. I'm always going to be struggling. That's what's been coming out of your mouth lately. If you can change your vocabulary, you'll change your situation. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And Jesus said, your faith 
has made you whole. He didn't even say my divinity. Amen. No, no, no. Your faith pulled on me. He said, who touched me? I got 50 people touching me all over the place, but nobody touched me with purpose. Nobody touched me with faith. They touched me wanting something, but she touched me giving me something. She gave me faith to work with. She gave me a word to work with. You got to give God something to work with. God said, if you give me faith, I'll work miracles for you. Everybody touching him wanted fishes and loaves, but she gave him a word of faith. He said, who touched me? She said, who touched me? And his disciples like, what are you talking about? There's 50 people touching him all over the place. But so here's the thing about it. It's not the touch that activates him. It's the faith in the touch. It's the faith in the touch. You've prayed a prayer, but was there faith in the prayer? Come on. You believed God, but was it was, was your belief in God or was the belief in you? I got to do what I got to do. I got to take care of myself. I got to make it happen. See, that's not faith in God. That's faith in you. And when it don't come to pass and when you fall short, now you want to get mad at God. Woo. He said, y'all, he stopped. Who in the world touched me? I felt glory leave my body. I felt the anointing leave me. He said, who touched me? He said, Touching him. What are you talking about? He, they, they wanted to get a little smart with him. And then he started looking. He see, he could find who touched him because there was a trail of glory. My God. She, she, with all the crowd, he could see where glory was and where glory wasn't. <laughs> see, you so busy trying to impress other people, but God sees the glory. On people, and he sees the glory not on people. He said, Oh, there she is right there. She was scared because she knew that she pulled something from him without his permission. Lord have mercy. Y'all don't want to get this revelation today. She pulled something from him without his permission. Y'all don't hear me. She didn't give him no alms. She didn't give him no alms because normally when you go to the priest or the prophet, you got to give him an offering first before he'll pray for you. But she touched him without an alms. She touched him without an offering and she still got her healing. Your faith is greater than money. Don't let these prophets make you feel like you can't get God to move without you giving a $100 seed. Come on, somebody. Her desperation of faith moved God without permission. Without permission. He didn't be like, he didn't, she didn't like, uh, Master, can you pray for me for my healing? She, she, she just, she, she went right for it. She, she just went right for it. She's like, I don't care what he's doing. I'm going to get mine right now. I need you to tap three people. So I'm going to get mine. 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 Come on, church. we got to have the kind of faith in this season where you got to go get yours. I know y'all don't want to touch nobody. I'm sorry. Whew. Just imagine if COVID was back then, she wouldn't have got healed, huh? 
who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman feared and trembled, knowing what was done in her. You know what? You know when you get whole. Because you get your confidence back. See, you know when you hold, because you get your you get your, you get your swag back, you get your authority back. See, getting healed, you can be healed and still be timid. You can be healed and still be afraid. But when you hold, I got some notes here for you. Let me go back to my, let me go to my notes. Being whole is not just the absence of pain, but it is the original state of God's creation with the entanglements, without the entanglements or the debt owed. Not just a clean slate, but a restored pureness of purpose is being whole. Let me read it again. Let me read it again. This is what the Holy Ghost told me. He said, this is his definition. Being whole is not just the absence of pain because most of us take two Advils and we think we're done. But two Advils don't heal you. Two Advils block the neurons in your brain that send a man a signal saying you're in pain. The thing that's causing the pain is still there. The Advil just blocks the signal so you don't feel it. But the pain's still there. Most people don't get healed or whole. They just medicate their issues. Because you're not really after, after, you're not really after being healed. You just, don't, you just don't want the pain. And most of us spend our whole life, our whole living trying to avoid pain and not pursue wholeness. Sometimes to get whole, you have to go through some pain. saying something pretty good right now. <laughs> your avoidance prolongs your illness. The longer you avoid it, the longer it's going to linger in your life. Why do men die before women in most cases? Because a woman, she feel anything. She got an appointment the next day. Y'all feel anything wrong. Feel a little. Mm. Can I get in there tomorrow at 10 o'clock? Be right there. Man, feel something. I'll be all right. Man, man, feel something. I'm okay. We don't deal with our pain, we ignore our pain. That's why we die early. Women always outlive us. I, I, I've been selling life insurance for 30 years, and the woman's in premium is always cheaper than the man's premium. I like, Corey, about, about $30, $40 a month for the same age and everything because the woman's going to outlive you about 10, 15 years because she goes deal with her pain and we ignore ours. Quiet in here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's truth, though. It's truth, though. If you would ever face your pain, you could get whole. But if you keep on getting excuses why you the way, this is just the way I am. I'm just the way, this is how I am. This is how I grew up. This is how I be. This is it. You understand? You don't understand that, that everybody in this room has the opportunity to evolve to another level. You can be a better you. You haven't seen your best you yet. But you got to get through the pain of your past so you can experience your future. You haven't even met you yet. You are the, you are, you are what someone else created through their Many times through their dysfunction, especially if you have some crazy parents or no parents at all. Come on, church. 
And so if you weren't properly identified when you were young, then you were identified in the street. You were identified in the, in the locker room. You were identified in the street. So you haven't even really met you yet. And if you were touched early as a girl, then your identification of love is a touch, not respect. That's enough of that. Y'all can't take too much more of that. I got to go, y'all. It's late. I got to go. Scripture, let's, um, not the scripture, but here's, here's another thing he said. I just want to give these couple nuggets. Being whole is not just the absence of pain. Let's stop trying to get out of pain and let's make our prayer to be whole. Because to be whole, but because the original state of God's creation is without the entanglements or debt owed. Not just a clean slate, but a restored pureness of purpose. Whole is the proper alignment, listen church, the proper alignment of spirit, soul, and body. So the question here this morning to the church is, what issue have you been looking to fix lately? What measures have you taken on your own to release yourself from pain? Is that why you go every time you get paid and go shop, go shop and buy something from the store? It makes you feel good for the moment because you're in such pain all week. You feel like you have a right to have, reward yourself and relieve a little stress and pain. Is that why you eat the certain foods you eat, over, over, overeating, overindulging, and that's why you keep on battling because that food makes you feel good for the moment and it releases you from the immediate pain? but causes greater trauma and trouble for later? Come on, church. Is it being promiscuous and sleeping with this man and that woman and that woman and that man make you feel loved and make you feel appreciated and make you feel like you're somebody, amen, because especially when you take somebody else's woman or take somebody else's man, amen, and it makes you feel like you're in power, like you're in control and you're in charge. But the truth of the matter is you're just trying to cover pain. Because the truth is you're just terrified of being alone. not here to judge you. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to challenge you to be whole in this season. I want you to be whole. Because I'd rather be by myself and be whole than one of a whole bunch of people and be fragmented all over the world. Because once you're whole, you can live by yourself. You can be by yourself when you're whole. You can find something, you can, you can experience an incredible peace when you're by yourself when you're whole. When your soul is sick, y'all you're all broken up and you've gone through rejection and negativity and you've gone through abandonment and you've gone through abuse and you think you're going to cover all that up with some, some, some compound and some concealer and some lip gloss. Come on. In a tight dress and some tight pants showing an imprint, gentlemen. It ain't going to fix you. It ain't going to heal you. It just exposes the true issue that you have. Here's the thing about it is everybody knew that woman had an issue because they could smell her and they could see the blood. And for you to be in denial to think nobody sees your issue, they see it. That's why they don't return your phone call. <laughs> That's why they don't text you back. <laughs> oh, God. Didn't you get my phone call? Yeah. Yeah. There's that girl with that issue again. Huh? I'm not talking to her. Every time she talks, she tells me about everything she's going through. She ain't never got nothing positive to say. And see, when you have an issue, only thing that matters is what you're going through. You're not a good, people with issues are not good friends. Because the whole conversation is about what you're going through. You never actually see the need to see if your friend is going through anything. It's all, it's, everything's about you. 
Your marriage is the same way. Everything's about you. You're always the victim because, oh, you're just always taking a man. You just, you just don't respect me. You just, just going on and on. Because you're, you're, you got issues. And that poor man or that poor woman can never say or do anything to make you feel at peace because something outside of you can't heal you. It has to come from the inside. Your faith. Check this out, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to let that trauma go. You're going to have to let that offense go. You're going to have to let that abandonment go. You're going to have to let that betrayal go. That has to come from the inside. If you don't let that go, you're going to keep on. Even though you were abused, the abused becomes the abuser. Because you can't heal somebody when you're broken yourself. It's a little deeper than I expected to go this morning, but I got to say it anyway. God wants you to be whole, not just healed, not just free of pain. Because we're good at doctoring up our own antidotes to free us from pain for the moment. We got weakened Advil people. They're, they're sick all week. But when Friday comes, all of a sudden you get some renewed strength. You got money and power. You got, you got ability. Monday through Friday, we couldn't get you out to bed. Friday comes, you ready to go. Holy Spirit, we're here today and we want to be whole like this woman became whole. I no longer want to be struggling. I no longer want to cover my issues. I want to bring them to the surface. So what measures have you taken on your own to release your pain? The attack is not just on your body, but your mental state, your financial, and the last part of the attack is truly your identity. How many people are known by their issue? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's an alcoholic. They don't even call you your name no more. Oh, he, he he's, he's a weed head. He's a drug addict. Or she's a drug dealer. She sells drugs. They don't even say your name no more. They identify you based on your issue. Oh, that's Mike Tyson over there. What are they saying? Oh, he's a fighter. They, they nickname you. Because your nicknames always simulate your issue. That's a hoe over there. That's a hoe. She a hoe. They don't even know your name, but they know your issue. <laughs> and we have lived with our issue so long, we accept what they say about us because we've allowed them to change our true identity based on our issue. Somebody say, I got a name. Somebody say, I got a name. I got a name. You can be healed and not whole. Our last part. The Bible says that 10 lepers got healed by Jesus. And they ran off with their healing. Only one came back and said, thank you. All ten got healed, but only one had the character. So their body got healed, but they still had a character issue. They weren't grateful. Nine ran off with their healing. Only one came back and said, thank you. Ain't that something, y'all? You would think leprosy, 
parts falling off your body. You're disconnected from all your family, friends. You can't even interact with anybody. And in a moment like that, you're healed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, they didn't do that. They ran off. Only one came back. They were healed, but they weren't whole. Money has come in. You know, it's Christmas every, every March or April when tax season comes in. Y'all get your money and your instant thousandaires. You got eight, nine thousand dollars at one time. Some of y'all got more than that because the kids you got. And y'all just lose your mind financially for about three weeks. You get this influx of money coming in and you don't think about paying nobody back that you borrowed from all year. When you're going through your struggle, I need some pampers, I need some formula, I need this, and people bailed you out. When that money comes in, your character is so messed up. Even though you're financially healed right now, you're not whole because you ain't trying to make, you're not trying to use character to clean up all the stuff you borrowed all year long. You healed, but you ain't whole. Are you understanding my analogies? Oh, I'm going to pay you back soon. I'll get some money. Liar. The money came back. You still ain't paid them back. We came over to the house, you got this 50-inch screen sitting on the wall now, and you still owe me $75. Oh, I got you, I got you. You had me, but your character's so messed up. I'm messing with somebody in here today. Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm, I, I'm not going to come out front today. I don't want nobody punching. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in the back. All right. I wish I could leave you all in the shout, but I just want you to understand that the Holy Spirit wants us in this time of consecration he doesn't want us just to get rid of the pain. He wants us to be whole physically, spiritually, in our soul. He wants us to be financially whole. He wants us to be whole completely. I'm going to say my last little story here. I was a young man, and we were trying to buy a house, and um, I had some credit issues. <laughs> and the mortgage guy told me, he says, you need to pay this off, pay this off, pay this off, pay this off, and then we can get you your loan. And the very things he pointed out were the things I said I would never pay. Now, I made the bill, but the people got smart with me, and I got mad with them. I said, I ain't paying. You know how we get attitude, you know. But I made, the, I, made the, I, I made the bill. I promised to pay them back. Character. Somebody say character. I promised to pay them back. And now I want to move forward in my life, and now this thing in my past is now blocking me from moving forward. Are you with me right now? And now this man is telling me, you got to deal with these three things in, in your past to be able to have your future. And I got these four or five kids, and we can't stay in the apartment no more. We got to leave because there's not an apartment that's going to hold all of our kids no more. So we got to buy a house. So I'm now pushed into dealing with something in my past that I already marked up and said, I ain't doing God loves us enough to make us deal with stuff we said we weren't going to deal with no more. Because he wants us to be whole, not just healed. I had to take my good money and go back to them people I said I was never going to pay and suck up that pride. Because you know how them people, when they owe you money, they turn you over to collections, and they start calling you. Hello, Mr. Boy, um, you, you owe us $55 and 54 cents. How are you going to pay it today? I'm not paying it. Click. Do, 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 do. Mr. Bull, is this? then they're going to ask, they know it's me. Can you please verify this is Mr. Bull? No. Click. Then I got convicted because I'm lying to him. I'm supposed to be saved and a preacher, but now I'm lying to him, saying it's not me. Come on, church. I'm just talking about being whole up in here. I'm talking about it's not right to lie to the collection man. Jesus is, says it's still a lie. It's still a lie. So I say, yes, this is Mr. Bull. This is Mr. Bull. Yes, yes. He 
you know you still have this bill from 19, 2019 something? Yes. I'm not paying you. Click. Then the man, a stranger, tells me I got to deal with my past. I looked at Sybil and I looked at my kids and I said, what's more important, moving forward or being stubborn about my past? I had to make a decision. I could have stayed in the apartment. I could have rented a house. But I wanted to move forward. Come on, encourage your neighbor. Say, don't you want to move forward? I had to deal with the thing I promised myself I would never deal with. Come on, church. I called the people back and said, I need a, I need a payoff of this account. He said, well, it's been a couple years now. It was $800. Now it's $1,500. And I just, like, lost my air. Because when you don't deal with stuff, it grows. I'm preaching real hard right now. When you don't deal with your past, it grows. And now if I would have dealt with it, then it would have been 800. Now I got to pay 1500. And I got to pay it because now they know they got me. He called them back for a reason. He need us now. So we're not even going to negotiate with him. $1,500. I just got, now here's the part you got to see God. God allowed my business to increase just enough in that season to give me the bonus money I needed to clean up those four things. He just needed me to agree with his path. So as soon as I agreed to do it, he released the resources for me to do it. But he needed me to agree with him before he released the resources. But I was still mad. I was mad because I seen other things I could have done with that money besides pay this old debt. Can we just be real in the church? I went in and I paid it begrudgingly and said, here, here, I need a receipt. Thank you. They were, the little girl on the other side, thank you, Mr. Bull. Pleasure doing business with you. Went to the second place, paid it. Third place, paid it. Then I had to bring all those receipts back to the mortgage guy. Said, here's everything paid. He said, all right, your, your loan's approved. We can get your house now. It was that easy. As soon as I dealt with my past, it released my future. Am I preaching to anybody in here? As soon as I dealt with my past, it released my future. Some things you can't pray about, you got to do something about. You got to do something. That woman got up and she did something. And she reached for God. And she got her deliverance. She got her wholeness. So, in this season right now in your life, Stop looking for somebody to do something for you. It's time for you to do something for you. It's time for you to wretch. It's time for you to stretch. It's time for you to pay your debt. It's time for you to keep your word. It's time for you to stop lying and be honorable and have character in this season of your life. And then God will open up the windows of heaven. He'll open up opportunity. He'll open up promise for you if you just deal with you. And stop blaming everybody else while you're in the situation you're in. Own it. So you can own it. You'll get that later, Corey.